the special spring break St. Patrick's Day edition of Uncharted Territory. My name is Chad Olson and I'm so excited. I'm on spring break live on the beach of Branson, Missouri. Yes, like the Simpsons say, you settled for Branson and here we are. This is episode 22. We're coming to you today. It's a balmy 62 degrees, a low of 42. We've had a some PM showers right now in Branson. It's been raining a little bit while we're here, but it's been warm and lovely, almost a touch humid, but not too much humid because I don't like humidity. So, Kalabunga dude, we're ready to roll. Let me hand it off to my favorite little lep leprechaun, the lovely Tim Sandy Drawers Dalton. Tim, how are you? It, 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 it's it's. It's nice here out on the beach, but it's a little chilly because we're in the upper 30s. But I'm still here in my board shorts, uh, and I'm 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 trying to catch the wave. But my God, I'm freezing out here. So we'll see what we can do. But but I you know luckily I have some green beer and I'll be fine. Now coming to us live, fresh off catching a wave in lovely Virginia, we got Stuart Beach Ball Lowry drinking a shamrock shake. Well, it's green eggnog, Chad. It's green eggnog. <laughs> you must have found some old eggnog that went green. I did. I did. It went green. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, about mid-50s here. There's been some showers this morning. Uh, nothing too crazy. A good St. Patty's Day. Uh, putting us all in the mood to drink some green beer. Having a grand time. Happy to be here. All right. Next coming to us from the salty and sandy beaches of lovely Maplewood, Minnesota, is my brother, Corey Olson, a.k.a. Cowabunga Dude. Spring break! <laughs> Promoters, it's great to be back with you. Uh, we're on spring break, and who couldn't be happier? It's not as nice as it was last week with 60s, but we got a little bit of gray skies and rain. But, hey, that's way better than snow, and uh, 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 we're just excited to be here. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I'm, I'm having a, a nice beer and uh, some corned beef, and I, I couldn't be happier because I'm talking to you, promoters. I will say, never since the spring break edition of MTV's The Grind has there been such an all-star assemblage ready to talk to you fans today about yes. professional wrestling. Yes. All right, so we're going to pick off. So next we're going to uh, pick up where we left off from last week, our Emmy Award-winning episode of the recap of the 2010 Legends of Wrestling draft. And we're going to bring back our man on the street reporter, the man who was not involved with the draft because we were feuding with him at the time, like the Hatfields and the McCoys. Stu Lowry, take it away. Oh, happy to be back, Chad. Happy to be back. It's almost as if this draft never happened. Let's see. Uh, let's get back into it. When we last left off, we had learned the strategy of Chad, Corey, and Tim in terms of putting together their respective feds. Now we're going to get into the draft itself, and we're not going to go absolutely pick by pick, but we're going to highlight some picks and just spend a little time going through the draft itself and, and looking at uh, some key acquisitions by each promoter and uh, probably spending a little bit more time on these first rounds. Uh, round one with the first pick of the draft, Tim took the original nature boy, Buddy Rogers. Corey followed with Strangler Lewis. And then Chad, total homer, picked Nick, Nick Bockwinkle. Did you say homer? Homer, homer. Oh, homer. <laughs> Pick Nick Bockwinkle. So any thoughts on those first three picks uh, since they were the, the big three, as it were? Well, I mean, I, the reason I picked Buddy Rogers first, I was just trying to get my lead heel and I figured who's who, you know, to a nicer guy, it, it, it couldn't happen. So he was my, my first pick and I figured he's somebody I could build around. You could do a lot of things with him, And, and I figured he would be a, uh, a good person to kind of get out of the way and, and pick first. He's a good and uh, yeah, I, I picked Stranger Lewis. Those that have read my USWA know that he's been a long time part of the Fed. Um, even I remember when Chad and I did initial research for him for his Legends Vintage card, um, finding out that he was from Louisville at, at times in his life. He was kind of hit a couple of different hometowns. But uh, the fact that I was doing the USWA in that territory just really, I don't know, got me interested in him more and more. And uh, so he's always been a a big part of my Fed. He's a six-time world champ in my Fed, and 
Um, even now, I just kind of have him as a as a as a figure, kind of a returning figure every now and again in my Fed's history. So um, I just figured I had to have him as my number one. So I took Bachwinkle because I had a plan. And if he was still out there, I want to make sure I got him. And with my next pick, I took Kurt Henning because I wanted them to eventually feud. But at the time, I was going to make them both faces with Bachwinkle kind of being a mentor to Henning. Like um, you might remember Mr. Wrestling 2 being the mentor to Magnum TA. Except my plan was to eventually turn Henning heel and feud with Bachwinkle and not have Bachwinkle go heel. Um, but that's so that's those two were kind of tied together. So I don't remember what my plan was if Bach had gone first. That was <clears throat> that was followed up by Ricky Dozon with Corey and Tim took Harley Race to complete round one. Any thoughts on those guys? Ricky Dozan had a, just a short time in my own fence history, but was just very impressive. And I think I think I picked him just he and Strangler I just saw as being my two top guys and then kind of working the way down the card from there as far as some of my other picks. So um, given his place in history, I think I just wanted him on my roster. And I think I picked Harley just, I, I think he's kind of a, and I've used him in my NWF for a long time. He was obviously one of the original guys and had been in the fed for, I think most of the time that I played except for a brief absence but he's one of those guys I, I like. You can really use him in a lot of different roles. You can use him as a the tough guy baby face. And since we didn't, at that time in the game, we didn't really have a lot of top level baby face guys. I wanted to make sure I got somebody that I could have that could be a good rival to Buddy Rogers and really kind of lead that, that baby face crew. So I figured he would be a good tough guy to, to kind of, have in there to offset buddy. Excellent. And that concluded round one. As we rolled into round two, the next three picks, Corey grabbed Frank Gotch. Chad uh, picked Ted DiBiase. An interesting pick, uh, Antonio Inoki by Tim. Tim, why don't we start with you first with Inoki? What was the thought, thought process behind that, if you remember? Well, so... What I also wanted to do was I wanted to set up kind of an all Japan, new Japan thing. So not to, not to get ahead of you here, but so in round two, I, I had the back-to-back -back picks and I took Inoki and Bruiser Brody, who were kind of my lead new Japan guys. And I know we haven't talked about round three, but, but I, in round three, I wound up going with Baba and Destroyer as my all Japan guys to kind of establish those two factions in my fed and i figured that would be uh i wanted to have at least a couple top guys from each of those groups historically and uh since since ricky dozon was gone then then i kind of figured that those would be the best guys to uh to kind of lead those groups excellent i like that tim uh chad how about ted dibiase so I took Mr. DiBiase, um, Black Glove. Let me make that clear. Not Black not Glove million, version, okay. Not Million Dollar Man. Um, I wanted a, a strong heel to feud with Henning, but I'm going to also kind of jump ahead here. Um, in the bottom half of round two, I took Rick Rude, and I wanted, but I took DiBiase kind of as my insurance. My plan, though, was to feud Rude with Kurt Henning, playing up the Robbinsdale, Minnesota rivalry and things. And then eventually, like I said, Henning was going to turn on Bachwinkle. So Henning and Rude were going to form a team down the road. Um, but I took DiBiase because I wanted a kind of another strong heel. And then as we got into round three, I took Williams and Gordy because I wanted DiBiase, Williams and Gordy to really be like a, a Freebirds, Devastation Incorporated type big heel trio to have kind of running around over the, the tag tag ranks because I wasn't going to really have rude with anyone even though you know when he's feuding against Henning and, and to a lesser extent Bachwinkle cool Corey how about uh Mr. Gotch um I, I've just always been a fan of, of Gotch being Iowan and everything 
um, you know, he had, he'd been in my Fed, uh, I think that was about the time I stopped using him in my Fed, but so about four or five years up until that point and always been a, a featured player. And I'm going to jump ahead to the end of round two, where I also picked the Sheik. Um, Gotch and Sheik had actually had some classic battles in my Fed um, over the Southern title. And I think I was just kind of looking at them as kind of the next tier of superstars. So again, I had having Strangler and Ricky Dozon in the first round and then just right underneath them, Gotch and Sheik. I really wanted to have about four, you know, strong singles guys and all these four had had a, um, had some good runs in my, in my Fed, so. Excellent. Well, in round three, things got cooking and I'm gonna read the entire draft order and then we'll just kind of talk about these in general in round three. Uh, the next pick, Chad took Steve Williams, followed by Tim with Giant Baba. So you can see Tim starting to put together his All Japan uh, contingent. Corey took uh, George Hackenschmidt with the third pick of round three, uh, and then followed that up with Mil Mascaris. And then Tim took the Destroyer, followed finally by Chad with Terry Gordy. And some of this y'all had already alluded to, but Corey, uh, I'd be interested in your thoughts on on Hack and, and Mil Mascaris? I think Hack was just a natural choice having having chosen Gotch in round two. Just wanted to keep that rivalry going to start things off. <clears throat> and Mascaris again, um, another top star. Hadn't been used in my Fed a lot, but had a had some good matches. Um, and being a fan of Lucha Libre, I just kind of wanted a, a, a diverse group of wrestlers on the roster. So definitely wanted to have Mascaris in there. Moscris at the time, I think, was a master of the surfboard. Was that correct? That is correct. He had the, the, that original printing. It had two, two surfboards on there. He was known for that. Well, not, not, not <laughs> intentional, but it, it happens. All right. Well, let's skip ahead uh, to round four because we touched a little bit on Williams and Gordy and uh, Baba and Destroyer. In round four, the draft order uh, was as follows. Tim took Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Uh, Corey followed that with John Pesic. Chad took Magnum TA, followed again with another pick by Chad of Mad Dog Vashon. And then Corey took Buddy Rose. And then the final pick of that round, which is an absolute steal, if you ask me, is Johnny Valentine. So, guys, any thoughts on those picks in round four? That was a good round. Well, I know for, for me, my All Japan, New Japan fell apart a little bit in round three when Chad took Williams and Gordy. So that kind of uh, uh, not, knocked some steam out of there. And, and then Corey picked Moscaris, who I was hoping to have feud with, with Destroyer. So I, I, I figured, well, let me see what I can, I can do here and make some lemonade out of this. So I picked Snooka uh, with the first pick because I figured I could team him with Brody. And I thought I was I was pretty solid there. And then Johnny Valentine, uh, for for you being the Mid Atlantic homer, of course, I uh, I liked I liked him kind of in that in, in that role with Buddy Rogers uh, to 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 kind of fill that that side of the roster out a little bit as well. So that was my my goal. And with my picks, um, so Pisic, you know, I wanted to have him as. You know, he's got that mechanic on his card where he can kind of serve as a policeman. And he served that role for me in my Fed with Strangler Lewis at times. Um, so I think that was kind of my, my thought there. Uh, Buddy Rose has had a long uh, history in my Fed. Uh, he was my world champion twice. He defeated Nick Bockwinkle after Bockwinkle had had about a year and a half reign. And uh, just kind of, he scored all kinds of upsets. You know, it was never a, a prolonged reign at any time, but he just, randomly pull out upsets over the years. And uh, he was just, a, I, I, I knew long-term he couldn't really be a, a main eventer just kind of based on his card stats, but thought he'd just be a good good guy to have around in kind of the mid card and, um, you know, maybe form some alliances with some guys over time. And how about your picks? I wanted Magnum to feud with the uh, DiBiase contingent and I wanted Mad Dog, and some of the stuff was based on what I was doing when I stopped playing, but what I, where I was going. Um, Mad Dog was a heel in my main AWA, but a face in Omaha. Um, and I think that kind of played off. Tim just called it my Mid-South AWA fit. I'm like, oh, kind of, 
you know, that Bachwinkle was recognized in Houston by Paul Bosch. So I could have stretched my promotional boundaries down that way. Um, and I, I know I look at my roster, what, I, and we'll get to that at the very end. I can share what I end up doing with Mad Dog, but I just know I wanted Mad Dog because he, he was going to play a, play a part in both territories and not most guys when I had that set up didn't didn't headline in both areas. Well, then we rolled into round five. And with round five, we start seeing some uh, different picks materializing. So it'd be interesting to talk about this. Um, let's go, let's talk about this in, in rank order, this, this go round. Uh, Corey, you had the first pick of the draft and you took, or first pick of the draft, first pick of round five, you had Gorgeous George. What were your thoughts behind that? Um, again, it just had a good history in my fed, been a Southern champion a few times. Um, just, you know, good character could pull off upsets, but also kind of that, that heel champion of cheating his way to victory or holding on to the belt, getting DQ'd or counted out or whatever he needed to do to hold on to the belt for a long time. So, you know, kind of a, a guy that, uh, maybe wouldn't dominate the fed as far as this win loss record, but could definitely cause a lot of headaches for the baby faces and, uh, a lot of, a lot of challenges. Excellent. That was followed up by Chad, who picked Paul London. Interesting pick. Oh, I don't know where this came from, honestly. I mean, I we were he wasn't part of the reserve tag thing, and but we were being polite because I kind of did the what some might say was kind of a, a dick move because I took Paul London, but I didn't take Kendrick until the next round. Um, I took my second pick in this round is Brett Albright. And I really liked Albright. I liked having, he was definitely going to be a headliner in the Omaha branch of my fed. You know, at the time there was those ROH pay-per-views they were running. So I got to see him and I always just thought he was a really good worker. Um, I wanted to get London and, and eventually Kendrick, which I did in round six. Um, and, uh, you know, I wanted to, probably a rock and roll express baby face tag team, you know, seems natural. I mean, it's kind of weird when you look back at it, that some of the guys who were drafted later versus sooner, but you know, you, you got to build a roster. You can't have just like the 20 best guys, you know, you got to do it evenly. And I think, you know, we've talked about before, when you look back at like that original legends color set, that was a really heavy duty set. And at the time, were both CAC sets out yet or just one? I think the first one. You know, so we had a couple. We had Ron Hutchison maybe and Bill White. He was in that one, I think. Right. So some some lower guys. But, you know, if you were walking in and just buying that first original Legends color set, it was pretty tough because they were a little, you know, you didn't even have a mid card. It was all mostly main eventers. So when we're drafting, you know, and at least in my opinion, when you're doing a draft, you got to build the top of the card, but you also got to build the mid card too, you know, because somebody, not everybody can go over every night. Tim, you followed that up with the pick of Bob Orton Sr. And then you had the next pick of Don Leo John Jonathan. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, well, so Chad screwed me again uh, <laughs> because I, down the road, I was planning on picking the Midnight Express and I really wanted to get London and Kendrick because at the time we didn't have the Rock and Roll Express or the Fantastics or like that, you know, baby face rock and roll team, right? So I wanted to get London and Kendrick, but I figured, well, nobody's going to pick them soon. So I'll try and grab the Midnights and at some point and then get London and Kendrick. And so uh, that, that, uh, that, that kind of blew that plan out of the water for me. Tim, so, Tim, I have to admit something. I've never told you this. So what happened was you went on a bender Friday night, right? And I called your mom and Evelyn went over to your house and she found your notebook and she, she went to the Kinko's and faxed it to me so I could screw with your draft and, and take all your guys. It was a little something her and I, you know, kind of hatched out because we like to pick on you. Doesn't, doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so so after uh, after he picked London, I was like, well, I'm I'm kind of shot with that now. 
So I, I drafted Orton because I know he was a, a tag partner, Buddy Rogers. And I figured that that Valentine, who I had picked earlier, was kind of a swing man, right? I, you can use him as a baby face. You can use him as a heel. Winger. So, so I uh, I figured I would I would uh, get Orton Senior to team with with Rogers as as their primary team. So that was the choice there. And Don Leo Jonathan, well, you know, you need a giant, right? So I, I figured this this would give me somebody to maybe throw on the side against Baba. So I could do Baba versus Jonathan to have my uh, my giant versus giant feud. Nice, excellent. And then Chad, we had already alluded to the fact you picked Brent Albright and Corey. You came in the last pick of round five, one of my all-time faves, known then as Brian Danielson. Any thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, and uh, this would have been his original card from the uh, Legends Originals set. Um, and I did a lot of the work on that card. Um, I, I, I too was into the ROH pay-per-views and this was just about the time he was done with ROH and going to, was it FCW at that time? It wasn't even NXT or NXT was just kind of starting maybe the original, starting out, yeah. the original incarnation and he was part of that. But um, I, I was a big fan of his um, for, for all the years in ROH. Um, and uh, just, I, you know, I kind of wanted to have somebody else who could, you know, he wasn't going to be the top guy, but again, you could be a good challenge for the top guys. Um, he ended up, I hadn't used him at that point in my fed, but he did play a big part in my feds history over the next couple of years. And uh, just, you know, wanted to have him as a good competitive guy, not, not going to be your world champ, but give the champs a lot of challenges. Did he win a mid card title for you? He, he was my world champ actually a couple of times, he did. Um, okay, but, okay. but yeah, he held, um, what was, I had a, a Texas title. Um, he was actually the last Texas champ when I, when the USWA stopped promoting in Texas, I did a big story out of that. Um, and then he did hold the mid America title, which kind of replaced the Texas title when the USWA just focused on the, the Tennessee, Kentucky, that, that mid America region instead of Texas. Um, he, let's see. Yeah. He's, he's held those, those three titles. Um, uh, currently his, he challenged recently for the Southern title and uh, I, I don't want to give away too much yet. So. <laughs> really noted. He had about nine official Filsinger games cards at memory serves. <laughs> All right. Round six, Chad led it off with Brian Kendrick. So why don't you take it away on that pick, sir? You already alluded to it a little bit earlier, but that's fine. Yeah. I just wanted to complete the team and mess with Tim. Man, and that's then, fine. then my last pick of that was Nigel McGinnis. And like I said, at the time I was kind of into ROH and those him and Albright were kind of be kind of headliners in my Omaha territory. And then I eventually had to bring them up. Um, and we'll, you know, when we get through this whole thing, I do still have all my rosters and I'll share that in our, our uh, Google Docs so people can see what I was going to do. But it's interesting. A lot of the guys that I drafted at least, I didn't really have spots for them all because I figured they'd cycle in and out of the territory, you know, throughout the year. And then I think we had eventually talked, I found some emails where we were planning a second draft and we would have got to retain people and then had some free agents, but then we never did it. Um, we were, looked like we had some emails from the following year and uh, that would have been interesting too, to see who everybody kept and everything. So maybe we can do that sometime and include, include, include poor Stewart. So we, stop sniffling because he's he's pretty blurry eyed during this whole thing fans he's he's hanging in there he's being a good trooper but you can tell this kind of cut him to the quick it hurts i've been fighting back tears the entire time tim you followed up how in the he double toothpicks does jim londo's dropped of round six that that cuts me to the quick that really just chafes me tim why don't you go ahead to jim londo's and then you followed that up with jimmy valiant we were uh, we were just trying to mess with you, Stu, because we said someday we're going to be doing some kind of a thing where we where where we get together and we record stuff and let people know what happened here, and and we're going to show that Stu, who's that big Jim Landis fan, that, well, that this guy is just going to sit around for a few rounds. <laughs> uh, so honestly, I, I I don't remember why I picked him. I I think it's more just I needed a really strong 
pure baby face type guy. And, you know, he was the best available athlete on the board, obviously. I mean, when you're talking about that and, and plus Corey was grabbing a lot of the vintage guys early. And so I figured, well, let me try and, you know, uh, get, get somebody here uh, that can, that can kind of fill in for me uh, with that. And then uh, my second pick, with with Jimmy Valiant, I, I said I was going to pick the Valiant brothers because I didn't want I, I I didn't want to do Boogie Woogie Man, um, and I figured at least that way I, I could split the the two picks because then that since it was my second pick in round six, my first pick in round seven would be Johnny. So uh, that was my I want I wanted to get them as a tag team. I just always have been a fan. Uh, going through and, and looking at, at what they did in, in WWWF, they they were just the they were really a huge traction for them, and a lot of what happened at house shows and on TV revolved around the Valiants. So I, I knew I wanted to get them as a tag team, and so that was the the beginning of that. Excellent, all makes sense. And then Corey, you follow. You had uh, two picks. Fritz Font is a Gehring. I could never. Goring. Goring. Mm-hmm. Fritz Font Goring. And uh, you followed that up with uh, the butcher, butcher Vashon. Any thoughts on those? I no. None. <laughs> no. Zero thoughts. No. <laughs> no. 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 Uh, Fritz. No. I mean, I remember. I do remember picking Fritz because I liked him. Uh, we we met him at Waterloo. Um, signed him there. And actually, and I know I've told this before, but his original black and white card, I worked with him through MySpace in getting messages and photo references. Uh, so that was, uh, you know, just kind of a nostalgic thing. And I think I chose Butcher just to screw with Chad because he took Mad Dog. I, I don't remember. I don't know why I would have taken Butcher without Mad Dog. Not that, you know, I've, I mean, Butchers can, Butcher can do okay. Maybe that was just, again, getting a well-rounded card. Um, I don't know. Didn't you have Von Goring and Butcher team? Or didn't I might. I think I might point? have. Because I know I know Von Von Goring teamed with Mad Dog in real life, and I I'm wondering if because Mad Dog was taken, I I kind of put them together as a replacement tag team, so to speak. Don't yeah, worry. Go ahead, I, Chad. I would say I bounce back, and I I come out of this fine with my Mad Dog team eventually. So don't yeah. worry. Yeah. I shook it off. Y'all ever going to do like uh, trades or talent swaps so you could reunite some of these tag teams or was that even in, in the cards, so to speak? I mean, I think we had talked about it. I, I think we were probably going to wait and see what the, how the free agent market developed when we were talking about that second draft. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Then we rolled into round seven. Tim had the first pick of that round, Johnny Valiant. He had the last pick of that round, Bobo Brazil. So Tim, any thoughts on those? Yeah, I, I mean, I think Johnny was obviously because I took Jimmy in the, the sixth round. So that was kind of my mandatory pick for, for round seven. And then Bobo, again, just trying to beef up the, the babyface side a little bit uh, with him him and Londis in the prior round, just so I'd, I'd have some clear-cut babyfaces here to uh, to kind of go at it with the bad guys. Very well. That uh, Corey followed that with Al Costello, and then his second pick of the round seven was Roy Heffernan. So obviously he got the kangaroos. Corey, thoughts? Yeah, just again wanting to have the top or one of the top tag teams. Um, the same mentality I had with the earlier rounds of picking top singles guys. Just uh, uh, I wanted a strong tag team to headline that division. You got it. And finally, we had Chad in with Crusher and Animal. Interesting. You better hope he gets Hawk. Chad, uh, thoughts? So our, our rules said, and, and I, I kind of played this, where if you take one guy, you're automatically guaranteed his partner. But when I was in the back-to-back spot like that, I would take one guy, I'd take it half of a tag team, so, but I'd wait till the uh, other half or the next round to get Hawk. You know, um, I wanted Crusher, so I had somebody to feud with Mad Dog. That had been a, a hot feud in the AWA, obviously, both the, the real life version and my fictitious version. And, um, you know, Mad Dog was such a great heel, and I wanted somebody who could just go with him. And, you know, people might be surprised that the Road Warriors went that late, 
But the thing I always struggled with, we probably should have, what we should have done is made them a touring attraction like Andre. Mm -hmm. They were really one of the last, you know, after Andre stopped touring, they were really one of the last wrestlers to do, you know, you could think of maybe a Bruiser Brody would, and Abdullah would show up at indie cards kind of all over as a big name. And then, you know, later Terry Funk and Eddie Gilbert, where they'd have their feud across multiple feds in New Jersey and Philly and stuff, which was kind of cool. Um, but man, I don't know. I did use the Road Warriors in my limited time of playing Legends initially, and they're tough to book because they're so damn tough. <laughs> they're not fun. You know, I, I would say most people who played Legends have probably had Road Warriors, had them on top for a while, and then they lose the belts. They probably cycle them out, you know. Um, at the time I stopped, well, no, not at the time I stopped playing, but I think they had had a big feud for me in my AWA against Frank Gotch and Dick Hutton which, and I took great delights at the shooters throwing Animal and Hawk all over the ring. I, they, they didn't feud for me, but Gotch and Hutton won the belts from the Road Warriors after their <laughs> longest reign. So, <laughs> which I liked, I liked that too, that the shooters beat the big muscle guys. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. We're going to go into round eight. And then after this promoters, we're going to start just spotlighting or highlighting some rounds, but we wanted to get the first, uh, the big rounds in and go over every pick. And we're going to start round eight with uh, Corey. Corey had Red Bastine as his first pick. And then his, he had the last pick of that round, which was Al Snow. So any thoughts on these picks, Corey? Yeah, Red I had used in my Fed a few times and um... You know, obviously, again, another guy that's not going to dominate, but he had a lot of wins. I remember in the early years, he beat Buddy Rogers um, and uh, got some other big singles wins as well. A good tag team wrestler, you know, could do both singles and tags. Uh, so just a good utility character to kind of have around. And Al Snow, I've never actually used either Al Snow card up to this point, but he has always been a longtime favorite of mine coming from Ohio. I saw him wrestle an, uh, an indie show in Ohio when I was 11 years old. He was part of a tag team called the Wild Bunch, I think they were called, or the Wild, yeah, I think it was Wild Bunch. And, um, and I got, got his autograph at the time and uh, just a really, really nice guy. Um, always been a fan of his and his different gimmicks and, uh, and, and things over the years. So um, kind of a sentimental favorite to pick. Chad followed that with Hawk. So he, got, he gets his Road Warriors. And then an interesting pick, we start seeing uh, more of the independent scene peppering in. We certainly had Albright earlier, but Jimmy Jacobs uh, with his second pick of round eight. Any thoughts on that, Chad? So um, what I ended up doing is I wanted the Road Warriors to team with Magnum to go against Gordy, Doc, and, and um, DiBiase. So that, that was the method behind my madness. I wanted somebody tough to stand up with Magnum. So kind of, you know, kind of like Dusty and the Road Warriors, except Magnum's a better wrestler. Um, and then Jimmy Jacobs, again, it must have been that ROH thing, and I was going to kind of put him into that Omaha territory, that kind of smaller fed thing. And then round nine, I grabbed Tyler Black so they could do their thing. So that was the method behind my madness. Tim, you come in picking, uh, man, if you'd picked these guys a few years later, it would have been even better. But uh, <laughs> the, it says Young Buck 1 and Young Buck 2. Clearly, <laughs> clearly they, they carried a lot of weight with us uh, back then. But uh, so this was my, uh, my, my attempt since I couldn't get London and Kendrick at the time. I said, well, who's my next best potential rock and roll tag team out there so that if I do get the Midnight's, I've got somebody set up to draft, you know, against them. And so that was really my, my, my impetus behind uh, uh, picking the box, just because I figured that way, if, if I got the midnights down the line, I had that kind of set up uh, and, and ready to go. So that was really my, and, and kind of surprising. Those were my, uh, my first legends of the future picks uh, with my, uh, my 15th and 16th picks. So, um, yeah, and I was kind of surprised too. I mean, cause, cause Chad, I mean, Chad took Albright with his 10th pick overall and, and then Jacobs, and then we'll, we'll see Corey getting, dipping his foot into the pond here in a couple rounds. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was good stuff. I, I, I thought that they'd be a good addition and, and could fill that spot for me. 
Well, we're going to skip ahead to round 11. And uh, again, I'm just going to start uh, spotlighting some rounds that are of interest, certainly to me. But you guys, if I'm skipping over picks that were favorites of yours, please feel free to bring them up. But in round 11, the first pick of that round was Claudio Castagnoli by Corey. And he he went very, in, or very ROH-ish. He had the last pick of that round with Delirious. Corey? Yeah, going back again to the uh, ROH pay-per-views, which ran for a couple of years there in the late 2000s. Um, I'd seen both these guys and was a fan of Claudio, you know, impressed with his his feats of strength. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and at the, again, at the time, I, I hadn't used the card in my Fed, but would later on use him, and, and he did really well for me. Um, Delirious, I used kind of a couple of times just as um, like a special attraction almost. Um, you know, never brought him in full time, but I always enjoyed his his gimmick and his his goofy way of doing interviews and stuff. Um, and a talented worker as well. Um, so again, I just wanted to have a couple of those legends of the future guys to round out the card. And those two, you know, had some natural matchups with the power of Claudio against the speed and the craziness of Delirious. Uh, just made for a good natural mid to undercard feud. Chad, you were next in line. You picked, well, I guess he wasn't jumping Jim Brunzel at this point. He was the killer bee version of Jim Brunzel. And then uh -huh. he had followed that up with Don Morocco. Um, yeah, I, well, I, I need to jump back a couple rounds though, because I want to point out a couple things. So I grabbed Ivan Koloff in round nine and then Boris Zukov in round 10. And that was to team with Vashon um, okay. and have a little trio of terror there. And then in round 10, I took Stan Lane, but I didn't, I wanted Stan Lane as a face. And people might say, why would you do that? When I started watching wrestling in the AWA, the fabulous ones were in there and they were the coolest things ever. And I had, I, I keep a small notebook where I would write out ideas for legends. Like I, you know, I recently started playing legends again, but I was booking stuff in my mind for years and I would just write down tag teams or I'd write one guy and it's like, what are five guys who could form teams with him? And so one of the things I had was face Stan Lane and Jim Brunzel as the fabulous flyers, even though I hate manufactured tag team names. Uh, that one to me was just fantastic, of course. So I, I grabbed Brunzel. I had no intention of having killer B Jim Brunzel. It was going to be Stan Lane and Jim Brunzel teaming up. And then Morocco, I think I just wanted, you know, I, I always liked Morocco. Um, it was probably on the list that Tim's mom faxed me. And um, I just, I, I just, you know, wanted to have him there because he's a guy I would have either as a face or a heel, you know, preferably a heel, but he could be a utility guy either way. That sound you hear is Tim Dalton's heart breaking. Uh, Tim, <laughs> you followed up with one of your personal faves, Elio DiPaolo, and then Bobby Eaton. So interesting. Yeah, so I figured, well, if I got the Bucks and I've got the rock and roll team, might as well get after the midnight. So I that uh, Eaton was I, I learned quickly from Chad about splitting that uh, that that back to back pick. And then uh, uh, so I decided to go with the Dennis Condry uh, version of the Midnights, uh, who wound up as my first pick in round 12. And and Elio, I mean, he's just Buffalo guy. He's he's good to throw in there with with Destroyer. Uh, also Buffalo guy, uh, although parts unknown, but the parts unknown were actually Buffalo. And uh, the Baba, I, I, that was going to be kind of a, a, a three-person uh, team on that All Japan side for me, because uh, Elio did did work over for, for All Japan on a few tours. So that was kind of the, the incentive there. Deal. <clears throat> and uh, promoters, Tim did indeed get Dennis Condry in the next round. So he had got his Midnight Express. Just not didn't want to leave you on the edge of your seat on that one. Let's skip ahead to round 15, which has some interesting picks in here. Uh, and again, guys, just feel free to spotlight picks that uh, I'm, I'm uh, skipping over if, they, if it makes sense to do so. But in round 15, the first pick, uh, Chad had, Chad took Tom Pritchard. And he followed the last pick of, uh, of, the, that, of that round with Brad Armstrong. So you'll see from my final roster, my goofy uh, fantasy booking, instead of booking, uh, or instead of having Tom Pritchard and Stan Lane team up as the Heavenly Bodies, 
I have Tom Pritchard and Brad Armstrong as the Heavenly Bodies, feuding with Stan Lane and Jim Brunzel as the Fabulous Flyers. So <laughs> now there would have been a double switch down the road or something, you know, would have happened. But, you know, I like to kind of check things out. So that that's where I was going with that set of picks. Cool. Creative. Tim, you had the uh, classic Iron Sheik and then Mike Quackenbush with your second pick of that round. So I want to go back and just kind of note a couple things. So round 13, I took Bob Armstrong because I'm the biggest Bob Armstrong mark uh, of the four of us. So, so had to have Bob, uh, you know, the bullet for me. So, and then in round 14, I took uh, Billy Red Lions again. He used to team with the Destroyer. Uh, so again, that was going to be one of those guys. They were brothers-in-law actually. And so I, uh, I, I wanted to draft him just to, to have him in that group as well. Uh, Sheik was just, he's one of those guys, he's just a great bad guy that can go in the ring and does some really cool looking stuff. And I got no, I got nothing on Quackenbush. I have no idea why I drafted <laughs> him at all. I, I, I don't recall anything, just might've, I might've had a plan, but I don't know what it was. Uh, so I'm, I'm not sure. Another mid-card face, I guess. Yeah. I think Tim just likes saying Quackenbush. I think he probably does. I do enjoy that. I do with that. I do enjoy that. Well, it it is, it just kind of rolls right off the tongue. Corey, you uh you had the third pick of the draft and the fourth pick for third pick of the round and the fourth pick of the round. Brutus Beefcake and Chris Candido. So Beefcake, uh back in round 13, I had taken Greg Valentine, and even though they weren't an automatic tag team that you had to draft both, you know, I just figured it makes sense to at least have Beefcake around if I had Valentine. You know, I liked using Valentine as a singles, but, you know, just to, this was before having a Brutus the Barber Beefcake version. Um, We just had the original Dream Team card, so I figured, well, might as well have him under contract, so to speak, and uh, use him if, if I wanted to. And uh, Candido, I always enjoyed his card as a good kind of mid to lower card guy or another, again, could go into a tag team. Um, so I, I just uh, wanted to have a, a guy like that on the roster. Good deal. Well, let's skip ahead to round 18 because we're starting to get some more uh, lower card names, certainly in this particular round and some interesting names of that. Chad started off the round with Chris Hero, who certainly at that time was a hot independent star and then had one half of the heartbreak express i believe with phil davis is that correct sir so rounds 18 19 and 20 are the epitome of my tag team drafting because i take phil davis in round 18 i take sean davis in round 19 samu in round 19 and then a loaf on round 20 so i knew i knew how to press that even though they weren't automatic teams obviously i I think we had a gentleman's agreement, I think we could say. And I mean, with guys like that, there's no value. You know, maybe the Samoans you could split up, but you're not going to take Phil Davis and not, why would you want the other one? You know, nobody's going to try to cock block you or whatever you'd say that way to to do it. Chris Hero, I don't really want. I mean, I don't know. It's funny. I mean, when we get done with this whole thing, I think we should all vote on who was the best guy who got drafted the latest because there yep. are some surprising <laughs> names on here and then i think it'd be interesting for the listeners to cast their votes on that too um but yeah i'm not sure i i mean i was never really the biggest chris hero fan but i thought i could throw him into that omaha satellite and by the way promoters we've officially gone to pg-13 these last two episodes just to point that <laughs> point that Uh-oh. out just we'll have to click the uh, explicit button when we uh, upload the, explicit the podcast. Button. Yeah. <laughs> because, t- because Tim said Quackenbush? Exactly. Yes. I'll edit that out. <laughs> it was over the, over the line. All right. Uh, let's see. Tim followed, followed those picks with, or followed Chris Hero with uh, BG James. And then Trent Acid is his second pick of that round. <laughs> Tim, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat to hear the rationale behind that. Go ahead, sir. Well, BJ James was because uh, uh, once again, back in round ch- in 15, Chad screwed me over by taking Brad Armstrong, so I couldn't have Bob and Brad team. So I figured, well, since since Kip and BJ James weren't one of the tag teams we put together, I took BJ James so he could at least team with one of his kids. So that was uh, that was the the point there. 
And then I was always kind of interested in the backseat boys with, with Kashmir and, and Trent Acid. Uh, and uh, I thought they were they were kind of this team that I didn't really see a lot of, but I'd heard of them and I knew who they were. And I thought they'd be a good addition and, and I could throw them in there and, and, and just kind of see what would happen. So, um, but yeah, and I, I think it's, it's, it's of note too that we had, by this point, we had started drafting some of the undercard guys like Rods and Sharp and, and then we'll see Corey kind of, kind of get into that mix too here uh, in this round. Corey, why don't you take it away? Your picks were Buff Bagwell and the immortal George Self. Yeah, Bagwell, uh, I had used him in Beefcake actually as a tag team called the Killer Bees with the letter B. To I feud see what the, you did there. Yeah, yeah. To Wait, feud what? With, I don't get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To feud with the real, you know, the real Killer Bees. It was, it was a fun feud, actually. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, so, you know, kind of a, again, he could be an undercard singles wrestler or, you know, fill out a tag team. He had actually, I do remember now, he and Candido teamed up after the Killer Bees. Uh, teamed and they were they were a fun little tag team uh so that was kind of my thought process there and then south yeah as tim said we were kind of getting to the the undercard guys you know some enhancement talent to make your stars look like stars and uh definitely wanted south to fill that role excellent well we're going to skip ahead to a round that is interesting to me and we're getting to the latter rounds or the last rounds of the draft this, this round had some decent names in it to, to have held out this long. So we're going to go to round 22. And Tim started off this round. Now, at the time, his drawing was not the greatest, and it probably uh, led some folks, to, probably led him to be pretty underrated by a lot of promoters, or underutilized, I should say. But Tim started it off with Ray the Crippler Stevens, and then his, his second pick of that round was Sabu. So, Tim, I applaud you on getting Ray Stevens that late. I, I actually remember when, before I made that pick, I thought I might've missed something because I was looking at the guys that I had listed as still available. And I sent an email out before I made my pick. And I said, I just want to check, has anybody taken Ray Stevens? Because I thought for sure he would have been gone by that point. And for some yeah. reason, I don't know if it was just, you know, he didn't, really necessarily fit in with with what people were doing or what they were trying to draft for but i was stunned that he was still around and i definitely think that that was was one of the gems uh that that was out there because i'm like yeah i'll i'll, I'll take ray stevens then so uh, and he's he's one of those great guys too where you can use him in singles you can use him in tag you can use him as a baby face you can use him as a heel so I, I knew I'd, I'd find a spot for him, but yeah, I was stunned that, that, that he was still available in that round. Um, and then Sabu, I had a plan because a lot of the hardcore guys, you'll note, you know, the, the, the hardcore type wrestlers were still around late because I, I think we were, we're so ingrained on like the seventies and eighties type feds that nobody was really thinking about putting together like a big ECW deal, you know? And so I started picking up some of those guys so that I could kind of throw them in the mix and have maybe an old school hardcore guys versus new school hardcore guys. And Sabu was, was part of that. Um, so that was part of the rationale there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I was shocked though that Ray Stevens was still available. That was one of the ones that really surprised me during the, during the entire draft. Surprise me too. Corey, you followed that with, uh, you know, another guy that could be uh, surprising. You can have a lot of fun with him is uh, you picked Yukon Eric and then you had George Steele, which I think are again, two solid picks for round 22. Yeah. Um, I think Eric, you know, looking at my roster overall, just taking a quick glance, I didn't have as many of the big guys. I did have one man gang that I picked in one in round 14, but I didn't have as many big guys. And I know he's not, you know, the giant like Kowalski and Don Leo and some of these guys, but he's a powerhouse. And so I think that's kind of what I was thinking there, especially a powerhouse baby face uh, and steel, you know, could be, could be the, the wild heel steel or, you know, more friendlier animal baby face. Um, just kind of that comedic character to, to have around. So. Oh, I applaud those picks. Those are solid. 
As are Chad. Chad took Chad took Angelo Mosca and uh, Ox Baker. I mean, I think my rationale was, and I mean, you look at the the draft patterns. Again, we wanted to fill out our cards, you know, from from main event to kind of the the prelim guys. So then, as you get into these later rounds and you see guys, and I would agree with you, this is a very solid round. These are all high high uh, mid card to I would say I mean you could main event with all these guys probably yeah, you could you know in a smaller some of them in a smaller territory but that's when you start grabbing some of these guys to, to fill in some spots too or like I said bring them in you know you bring Ox Baker in down the road to, to challenge somebody with that big heart punch gimmick or something and um, I, I think that's why guys like this went later because you know, like Tim said, you know, checking to see, hey, has Ray Stevens been really not been drafted yet? Yeah, I mean, we were all keeping our spreadsheets and crossing them off or highlight them as they went, and they were, they were still on the boards. But it was, uh, yeah, you might look at this round and think, what were these guys thinking? But you, you, you got to build the whole show. You can't have, you can't have, you know, 15 main eventers duking it out because that, that's a rough card to watch. Well, and I think that, that part of a, the strategy behind all this for all of us wasn't to have a fed of 48 guys which we were going to wind up with it would be to have a fed of maybe 30 that chad already talked about you know his omaha fed kind of being the side fed but my thought was well i'm going to start out with maybe 30 or 30 32 of these guys and then cycle other people in for example, talking, you know, going back to my thing with the Young Bucks and the Midnights, I was I was planning on having the Midnights start everything and be there, but not have the Young Bucks there and have them come in at some point down the road. So you're not just building for the Fed for one, you know, one huge Fed. You're really kind of building for, for uh, months down the road of playing and then bringing people in and cycling people out along the way. Good point. Well, for the penthouse, we go to the outhouse, which is the last round. <laughs> After that surprisingly strong round, round 22, we go to round 24. And whew, well, you know, you got to have a low, you got to have a, a lower card too. So Chad started off with Drake Younger, and then his last pick of that round was Naptown Dragon. One or two, I'm not entirely sure. Number two, I took number, number I took number one in round twenty three. Excellent. Your thoughts, sir? I mean, I don't know. They were just names. <laughs> they were just they were names. You know, I mean, Drake Younger's a WWE referee now, but he was kind of a hardcore guy then, and he was. I think I had a lot of hardcore guys, and wasn't super interested in having a hardcore faction, but I don't know. I grabbed him. Well, Tim, you followed that up. A couple solid picks, uh, Sandman and Brody Lee. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, now looking back and, and seeing, you know, with Brody Lee being the last pick for me and him being a guy that grew up in the same hometown as I did in Rochester, New York, I mean, it, 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 it just kind of got me a little bit. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they were going to be part of it, like I had mentioned about doing like a little bit of a hardcore feud. They were going to be part of that. Sandman was going to be part of the, the, I guess if you could call it old school from the mid 90s. But, uh, and then Brody Lee, one of the, the newer guys that, that uh, uh, would have kind of come in on the, uh, on that side of the feud, the other side of the feud. But that was kind of the plan. And then just to kind of just quickly go back and, and, and go back to my All Japan, New Japan, um, round 23, I grabbed Tiger Mask. And I, in round 20, I had taken Danny Hodge. And they were going to be the, uh, the junior heavyweight reps for Excellent. each of those factions along the way. So, um, but yeah, but that was, that was in the last round. That was just kind of the, they were the, the, you know, the people that I thought could kind of build that hardcore feud up a little bit for me. Great. And Corey, uh, you took a personal fave of mine, Terrible Turk, 
and uh, just incredible with your picks of that last round. But just incredible actually had a good little run in my fed for about two years or so. He was uh, the Texas champion again, which is kind of a, you know, title that was meant for tag guys and singles or just kind of that, that mid to mid to lower card, you know, not, you know, but positioned in an important way and actually had some wins over some of the bigger names uh, over time. You know, I always wrote it up that it was his dirty Singapore cane that led to the victories, but, um, but yeah, so he, you know, he had, he had some good, good memories for me and, um, and terrible Turk. I don't remember why I picked him. I'm, I'm guessing, you know, as I kind of look through, I didn't have as many kind of gimmicky characters. And even though he's one of the older characters, historically, the whole, story behind him and everything you know definitely you could use him in a more modern setting fed and, and portray him as a kind of wild character there so i think that was my i think that was my thought process there great and guys uh there's going to be a special part three to this series which are going to be my picks <laughs> it'll right, be a very to... short podcast <laughs> yeah it'll be a very special two-minute episode <laughs> Yep. All right. Just kidding on that last part. So that wrapped up the draft, all 24 rounds. And is there a way we could put this uh, someplace if promoters wanted to see the entire draft results? They could. Yeah. We'll yeah, put we... it in the Google Drive where we put all the old newsletters, our, our archive of different things. Now, do we want to talk quickly about the manager draft? Yeah. Go far away. So I think we had worked out like. Paul Ellering went with the Road Warriors and Jim Cornette with, went with the Midnight Express and then Red Berry went with the Kangaroos. Mm -hmm. I don't see it in writing anywhere, but we must have had it in emails because for our actual draft, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, especially the last round or two, it's kind of a comedy of errors. <laughs> so in the first round, I took Sir Oliver Humperdinck and looking at my roster, I have no idea why. I don't have him paired up with anybody. Then I took Sherry Martell, and I think I was going to put her with Rick Rude. And then I took Sarah Del Rey, and I probably would have put her with some of the indie guys in, in the Omaha territory. So I don't know. Corey, you want to talk about your picks? Yeah, I had Abdullah Farouk and having taken the Sheik early on, you know, that just made sense. I'm surprised we that wasn't like an automatic pick with the Sheik what you know maybe we were thinking he could also be the Grand Wizard or you know I don't know I don't know what we were thinking there but um and then my second pick was Larry Sweeney uh which with guys like Claudio Castagnoli I think that was kind of what I was thinking I enjoyed his interviews and, and things like that at the time and then I had Dr. Cube <laughs> and, and we uh recently you know off air chatted about this emailed about this um I had forgotten about Dr. Cube, but looking back at round uh, round 19, I chose Ultramantis Black and Crossbones. So I'm sure that's why I had Dr. Cube in there too. Weren't they all the same or, you know, they were somehow crossed. Well, I know Dr. Cube was from Kaiju Big Battle, but he was. I, I'm thinking I probably kind of paired them up. And, and the funny thing was, I brought this up to the guys in an email. There's a thread uh, on one of the legend subboards about Dr. Cube moves <laughs> that was posted three years ago and nobody's ever answered it. So promoters, if you know about Dr. Cube's moves, <laughs> go right ahead. Out. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. a lonely post just waiting for yep. an answer. Yep, yep. But it's it's still the top post on that board. So <laughs> or the most the most recent one, I should say. So now yeah. I I love Tommy Dreamer, but if Dr. T Cube didn't come out to man in the box. That's just a missed opportunity. Oh, <laughs> well played. <laughs> Indeed. But I mean, yeah. Tim, then, how about uh, you? So I, I, I remember, and, and I think this came into our gentleman's agreement because I, when Chad was, Chad had drafted ahead of me and I said, well, do you want Heenan to go with Bachwinkle? And he said he already had a plan. And so I took Bobby Heenan because I, I, and I know even in my NWF, I, I had him aligned with Buddy Rogers. I just think they're a natural, uh, a natural duo. So I had, I had picked Heenan and then I went with Captain Lou Albano just because of his work with the Valiants. And I figure you could plug him in with a lot of people as well, uh, whether it be on the tag side or the single side. And then my last pick was Bill Alfonso just because of the, uh, that, that hardcore ECW feud. And I recall thinking I was going to have him start out with one side and then turn on them and go to the other side. So, uh, but, but that, that, those were kind of the, the rationale for my, uh, 
my manager choices. So awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed that. It was almost like I was there, almost like I was there. Uh, any other thoughts on the draft itself, just in general, guys, before we wrap up this uh, special two-part episode? Well, I'd like to thank Pike Mojo because he's the one who brought up us doing a draft, you know, as an early suggestion. I'm like, well, we did that a long time ago. So uh, we've talked and I think we'll do, we'll do a draft. We'll include Stu this time. And you know, we boom, have to, or not. <laughs> well, you're not, you're kicking you out, Corey. Oh, <laughs> no. And we'll do it with the legends color guys, but yeah. we'll maybe over um, the remainder of my spring break, I can work on that and, and put together the draft and the rules and everything so we can get going on that. But we'll probably I don't know, do that a couple months down the road, maybe whenever there's the, I don't know, when's the NFL draft? Sometime uh, April. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So we need to get a commissioner who announces each round so then they can boo the shit out of them like they do in real life. <laughs> and that play could, that cheesy music. That could be Stu. That could be your role. Sweet. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> With the third pick in the draft. <laughs> I love that. That's like my favorite buzzers that watch the NFL draft. A cornerback from he, he's they've chosen a cornerback from parts unknown. <laughs> well, um, with that, gentlemen, let's uh, let's do our shout outs as we uh, work to wrap up this particular episode. We'll start, uh, Tim, with you first. Just again, want to thank everybody for listening. And uh, I, I hope you enjoyed the, the look back here at our, uh, our, our throwback draft from, from 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It, it was really enjoyable. And it was nice to know that I had some plans together. And looking back at it, for me, has been a lot of fun. So hope that, uh, hope that everybody else enjoyed it as well. And uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. Excellent. Chad, sir. Uh, thank you very much to everybody who took time to listen to episode 21 last week and who was brave enough to come back for this one and, and f finish off this project. And, um, you know, I hope everybody's just staying safe. And, and if you choose to get in your vaccine and hopefully you'll have access to that soon. And um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. I'm not sure when the pre-orders for Legends Expansion 7 are coming out, but we've been hard at work the past few weeks on that. And uh, we put together some, I think, some cool mechanics with these new charts, and hopefully you'll enjoy those. Um, we all did a lot of hard work on those, and um, I'm looking forward to hearing people's reaction to that, and to hopefully they'll enjoy the Promoter Prime cards too, because I think those will be kind of cool and tie up a bit of a uh, a niche help fill a niche that we left open with uh, Legends Expansion 6. Good deal. Corey? Uh, yeah, I want to thank Pike Mojo again for the idea of a draft to get, you know, this this draft episode going, or two-part episode. Uh, it was just kind of a, a great idea, and uh, as Chad said, down the line, we'll do a updated draft with our color cards. Uh, but yeah, special greetings and thanks to all our podcasting friends, Grant Pachoco at the Filsinger Games Fan Podcast. Uh, I'd like to also thank our uh, fellow podcasters, Grant Pachoco at the Filsinger Games Fan Podcast, uh, Sam Fain of the King of Pro Wrestling Podcast, Steve Tower of After Further Review, and uh, Dave Little with his Heartland Championship play on YouTube. Um, also, I want to invite you promoters to leave us audio messages and we'll include them in the show. Uh, you can go to our main site, which is anchor.fm backslash Corey, C-O-R-Y hyphen Olson, O-L-S-O-N, the number five. You can click the plus message button and add a uh, brief message with your thoughts on the draft, on uh, whether or not we should include stew, thoughts on eggnog or your other favorite milk-based beverages and, uh, and, and what you ate for uh, St. Patrick's Day. So uh, any, any messages, you know, feel free to leave them. And, and we just might throw them here on the Uncharted Territory podcast. Sweet. Thank you, Corey. I'm just going to put in a plug for my favorite sporting event of the entire calendar year, which is coming up, NCAA basketball tournament, which they are going to hold uh, all in one place. Chad is shaking his head. It's the wrong sport, I know, for you. It's March wrestling Madden. this week, buddy. Yeah, yes, whatever. yes. March Madness basketball style is the absolute best. Get your pools ready. Get them all set. And then tear your bracket in shreds after the first day. 
that I just absolutely love this time of year. It's the best. You know, and- I have a good out for not having to compete in March Madness because legally I cannot compete because of my job in any gambling activities involved in NCAA sports. So any, I can't compete in the Super Bowl because of an NCAA championship for football, kind of, but March man, I can't do anything. So that's why I can bet on the Royal Rumble every year and I clean up. And when we go to Vegas, I try to bet on horses to get a free drink. And sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't, but I get to have a good Vegas dog. <laughs> Betting the ponies is always fun. And with that, gentlemen, thank you so much. Good night, Denmark. Spring break!